Well, hello, witches and beautiful souls. Thank you for joining me again for the Bell Witch Podcast, helping you to get witchy in the 21st century. This episode is number 23, and can you believe we're coming up to a year? I've been doing this for a year. I think this time last year I created my very first trailer, which is a bit cringy now, but at the time it was a big step. That was the end of February. And then early March, my first ever full episode came on the pilot episode of Jodie. Yeah, I'm pretty chuffed that I'm still going. It's just amazing. And I need to think about what you would like to hear from me as a special for like a year birthday. If you've got any ideas, do pop into Instagram, the Bell Witch Podcast, separated by underscores. Or you can email me at thebellwitchpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm all open to ideas, I'm all ears. What would you like to hear from me, like a Q&A or maybe I could cover the Bell Witch. <laughs> There's a bit of a nod to the name. The Bell Witch podcast covers the Bell Witch. Hey, it'd probably help me on those Google searches. My ideas have changed quite a lot when I began. I wanted it to be a mostly parenting about how to get witchcraft with children and how to combine it and what we did as parents and then as I did more and more it has absolutely evolved and I think I want different stuff from it now as a solo host with guests what I want to achieve has changed how I want it to be so I think now I'm more like a radio show than a podcast per se got more of a a light-hearted sort of (laughs) silliness to me which is fine because that's just who I am And you obviously like it because you're still here. (laughs) So yeah, I can't believe it's been a year. Let me know. If you think of anything, please let me know. Time to shout out them amazing Bell Witch podcast supporters. I am so grateful for them. It helps me so much to get stuff done. I got an amazing donation from Rachel Abramusic. Such a cool last name. So thank you very much. And a new Patreon member, Maria MacDonald and Rachel too. Thank you and welcome to my little witchy biz. I am so thankful for you and you are helping my witchy dreams come true. I just want to take this moment to give a bit of clarity on why I have created a Patreon for you to subscribe to. The main reason is to plough the money back in to the podcast. I'm in my swing of getting lots of guests on the show and I'm limited to a certain amount of time per month on free services such as StreamYard and so I'm looking to find a bit of money to buy a subscription basically so I can have unlimited recording data space and record with all the guests with no shortages of data so that is why I'm looking to create Patreon and get subscribers and I'm the best I can be for you like sound quality as well as content but the main episodes will always be free and they'll always be available on free streaming places like Spotify and Apple and Amazon Music and all that jazz they will always be free and I'll always make them because I just love doing it. I love it. I'm addicted. I love it. So thank you. You know, I really do appreciate you giving me a hard-earned cash. means a lot. So I woke up on a bit of a high this morning, having turned the phone on and saw I had a donation and it just set me up for the day. You know, the vibes were high and I walked my kids to school, being grateful and showing gratitudes, thanking the universe 
And then I went on my jog. And today it's so rainy. It's really, really wet. So I wasn't enjoying the jog and I was not jogging as much as I should have been. And then this big ass car, Land Rover, this big ass Land Rover came past me with a horse box connected. And I knew they were going to splash me. So I moved, you know, like away from the, the curbside. And this Land Rover just came closer to the edge of the curb and splashed me and I got absolutely soddened. This dirty water went everywhere. It went like on my face, in my mouth, down my bra, in my underwear. I was absolutely <laughs> soaked to the bone. So it's an understatement to say I was a bit cross. I was a lot cross. I was annoyed. I was uncomfortable. Fuming. Oh, she was fuming, she was. Them high vibes that I flew on at the beginning of the day had been like sucked off of me. And I did the whole quick story on Instagram saying how pissed off I was about what just happened to me. And now I'm just going to abandon the jog and go home. Oh, I had a face like thunder. A face like a slapped ass, as they say up in Yorkshire. <laughs> I bring this up because had it been a decade ago when I was young, I would have kept hold of this negativity all day and just reeled over it and stewed over it and never let this negativity go. And it would affect my whole day and ultimately my whole life. But because I'm connected now and I'm spiritually awake and open to the universe and witchcraft and all that jazz, I chose to let it go and I walked home looking at the new snowdrops that are pushing out of the mud out of the side of the road. And there were this tree that was almost horizontal, you know, from the wind. It kind of leaned over diagonally and I thought to myself do you know I've never noticed that train I've walked past it so often and it looks like it's gonna fall but it just doesn't you know its roots are anchoring it and it's on a diagonal and I were taking all that basically as a sign from the universe that yeah stuff happens but we need to just carry on growing and let it go. I realised this is something I've practised in the new year when I did Omen Days with Sally Go Lightly and Maternal Journal. You'd go out every day and look for omens just noticing the world around you and stuff and taking messages from it and that would represent the year ahead of you, you know, like January, February, March and every day would be a month of the year. So I think this practice that I adopted for Omen Days never really left me and I'm doing it more or less every day now, especially when I go jogging. So when I got home, I had a little whinge to the husband and I put all my clothes in the washing machine and then I had a word with myself. I stood at my altar and allowed it to drift off and then proceeded to have an amazing guest interview experience with a future guest that's coming on the podcast. So I just thought it'd be quite a good intro story for the podcast. How you really do shape your own reality. Don't let things grind you down. Give it a moment. Get angry, but don't hold on to it. Let that shit go. It's not easy. It absolutely isn't easy. But I would say it definitely comes with practice. And the more you practice it, the more like second nature it becomes. Yeah, it was crap and I honestly think they did it on purpose. But then have I got evidence of that? Perhaps they just didn't even realise and they were worrying about the horse in the box. And they didn't think of the runner next to the road. Even though I was wearing bright, bright pink. <laughs> you have your experience of the life you lead, but you will never get concrete evidence as to somebody else's perspective and what actually went on for them in their life, in their head? Am I overthinking? Am I am I believing more than what is actually there? It's just 
good to keep this kind of stuff in mind. And some people that are in a worse mood state than I would have taken it really badly and it would have ruined the day and that makes me really sad. So I just ask your dear listener to try and let it go and don't hold on to it because it creates kind of like a leakage of our good vibration because you're giving it away so freely to people who don't deserve your attention, who don't deserve your energies and then that ultimately attracts more negative energies. It is quite hard to do in your daily life when you're fed up and you're not in a great place but then that's when you ask for help you know for counselling and yeah try to look beyond the anger people can do shitty things to ruin your day but don't let them don't let the witches look for that magic look for them snowdrops pushing through the muddy grass at the end of January brush yourself off and move on move on and move up next up it's podcast pals <laughs> should i edit that out no i'll probably keep it i might even record it you know like you know like a jingle like a jingle for podcast pals <laughs> oh my god i love podcast pals just last week i discovered this brand new podcast amazing podcast two northern lasses witches coming together and talking about well-being and stuff that affects people today and and they are both specialists in mental health and children's services you know like it's their job they work with kids in schools every day i think that's the gist i'm getting lindsay and sarah the well-being witches i think i found them on instagram every so often i just have a search for witchy podcasts and it popped up on my radar now reading into it and going oh it sounds really good i think we've got a lot in common Imagine my absolute delight when I listened to them and found they were both Northern. Ah! <laughs> They're both Northerners like me and they've got a fantastic accent. Like I connected with them going like, oh my God, I can't believe I found you. You sound very similar to me. You're just so Northern. It's great. I was proper fangirling in their inbox, basically. Like, all right, a bit of a loser. <laughs> but I was just so excited because it's really awesome. In the podcasting community, when you find somebody who's really, really similar to you, that's what I feel like anyway. I don't feel like it's competition because podcasters and people who listen to podcasts, they're just obsessed with them and they want to listen to all the podcasts in the whole world on a certain topic. So there's plenty of audience to go around. And I do think, listener, if you enjoy this podcast and it floats your boat, you'll absolutely love Wellbeing Witches. It's on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And they've done the laws of attraction and feeling lonely pilot episode. And the stuff they were saying is just like, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yep, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Honestly, if you go over there, give them a listen. And a few ratings because they're brand new. I think they only started the beginning of the month. So a few stars would be awesome. And yeah, no, I'm really excited. I definitely need to collab. If you're listening, Sarah and Lindsay... Shall we collab? Oh my God, I'm such a fangirl. I'm terrible in it. It's what it's like when you're podcasting. You just look around all these podcasts and go like, I want to work with them and I want to work with them. And <laughs> all right, now, Swales, calm down, calm down. Wellbeing, magic, witchcraft, bit of therapy stuff. Oh my God, I'm here for it. It's so wonderful. I think I've probably just muffled my way through that little podcast pals shout out. But hey, I'm on the red wine. I am trying my best. I'm authentically me. Let's keep going, witches. 
So, for this episode, as it's my solitary witch episode, where it's just me blabbering on to you about something that you might enjoy, I had a few requests recently about doing an altar episode. Now, anybody who knows me, who follows me on all my Instagrams and all that jazz, knows that I have a big love for altar setting. Setting up my altar is a big deal. It's a ritual for me, a really personal ritual that eases my mind, eases my anxiety and chills me out. You know, the act of cleaning it up and choosing what you're going to put on it and what they're going to represent and then positioning them and then using a bit of cleansing techniques, which is what I do, smoke or bells, adding bits, taking bits away, a few crystals, a few herbs, a few offerings and then having that stood to look at every single day and giving it a bit of time, a bit of mindfulness time every single day is such an important part of my my craft, my witchcraft and my daily ritual. So my altar is only a tiny little space at the top of some tall drawers in my bedroom. I'm lucky enough to have a north facing altar just because of the setup of the bedroom. It's a total fluke and the space is only probably about 50 centimetres square so it's not very big and I've also got an annoying little speaker on there as well but it does you know it works it's a nice a nice thing to have in the bedroom and every time you wake up and it's by the door I have to physically go past this altar I always give it a bit of a nod before I leave the bedroom I do reels on Instagram about setting this altar up and the different techniques you can use just the different stuff for what it represents. And so far for this episode, I just do a little bit of a walkthrough with how I do altars, little helpful tidbits. Yeah, I thought you might enjoy. A nice, easy listening episode for you, dear listener. First thing I would do is strip it all off, give it a wipe down with corresponding oils, essential oils. And I always use Florida water as well on cloths. I use Florida water to dust my house, most of my house. Some are in Florida water that keeps dust away. It's really good. It's better than polish at stopping surfaces getting dusty. Also, it's got magic properties of cleansing. It's good to put on your hair and your face as well. I wash my face in it. I use it as an all-rounder, actually. So I would pour some on a cloth, give it a wipe mindfully, be setting intentions as I wipe it, wipe the speaker too. I like to have a plant on the altar. I've just got some devil's ivy there because my room's quite dark and devil's ivy can deal with the lack of light in the bedroom. And it's nice to have something living on the altar, like like a plant is a good call. An easygoing plant like a spider plant, you know, pofos, any kind of pofos, they do really well. Sometimes I put cut flowers on there too but I don't really like doing that as much as a plant just because they die and I don't like the idea of something dying on my altar <laughs> it's a bit grim I think I just overthink these things and then depending on the season sometimes I put a tablecloth type job on it some material or most of the time I just use the bare wood because it's aesthetically pleasing I like to create like a base you know sometimes I build up with pieces of wood and boxes, just to create a bit of height for the goddess, god effigies that I use, which are the most important bits of my altar. I'm also a big fan of crystal grids. I recently 
bought myself this slate crystal grid that's got a few grid designs etched on top of each other so you can choose which grid you're going to use like flower of life and, and all that this one is particularly gorgeous i got it from etsy I've been eyeing it up for years and I just thought, do you know what? I'm going to buy myself it. So I got this crystal grid. Absolutely fantastic for altar setups. On a crystal grid, you could put anything on it, really. You could put crystals. And I always advise people who want to start with crystal grids to use quartz shards. Just because quartz, tiny little quartz, are quite accessible, readily available. Quartz is the master crystal. It's really good at directing energy because it's so clear. You can put it on your grid, you know, and it'll direct either way. I also like putting other stuff on a crystal grid. It doesn't have to be crystals. It can be anything from the earth. Twigs, flowers, leaves, pine cones, acorns, stones, pebbles, herbs, anything. Anything you're drawn to, you can put within your crystals on the crystal grid to try and influence and enhance the energy you're trying, trying to grow. I think daisies are quite nice on a crystal grid just because they're just so positive and happy and growing the grass and an indicator that spring is coming. After the base goes on the goddess of God statues that I've got. You'll have seen them on my Instagram. The goddess is a really nice lilac-y colour. She looks a bit like a yoni, aka a vulva. Sorry if you're cringing. I quite like the word vulva though. It's it's really cool. It's quite, it's quite like soft, like velvety. Anyway, that's a bit of a tangent right there. And the god is, is he green? The god is green and more of a phallic shape. That's also purposeful. These are so beautiful. They're really well made. They're from an amazing website called From the Belly, From the Belly Ceramics, who I discovered in Witchfest a few years back. And they're really well priced and they're so beautiful. I really like them. And they're, they're bust as well. I'm always knocking them over and they're never cheap or anything. They're really, really robust. From the Belly has a lot of amazing little altar setup stuff on their website. So it's worth going to have a look. Support your local indie business, your witch business and all that. So I use a goddess and a god to represent the masculine and feminine energies of the earth. So it's not so much a deity, a named deity. I'm not very good with named deities. And part of that is because my dyslexia, I've got really bad memory and I forget stuff so easily. And I'm also kind of worried of offending anybody or any higher beings because of the whole kind of worms that is cultural appropriation and stuff. I always get a bit iffy and I think if you feel a bit iffy, then you should just don't do it. I find it a lot more safer and reassuring just to work with the goddess and god aspects as energies in their own right, you know, kind of like elemental energies, like earth, air, fire, water energies. The goddess and god is the masculine and the feminine. I enjoy the balance of it, how they support each other, and they are very, very equal to me. I think the goddess is just slightly above the god in terms of energies. As it is in witchcraft, usually, the feminine energy has a slight upper hand over the masculine. But mostly, yes, they are equal. You know, you need light and dark. I like to think I'm quite an equal witch, <laughs> a balanced witch. <laughs> so I always put them on the altar along with their own little gemstone, moonstone and sunstone. Kind of like, like the little crystal sidekicks <laughs> that they've got by them all the time. And then I'll usually put something in the middle, like a candle or a master crystal. 
Or I think for the Imolkwun, I put some little eggs in a nest to represent the new birth, you know, the things are coming, growing inside. The earth is now pregnant with the God aspect and stuff is growing underneath all the leaves and the dirt and the frost and the snow. I put a lot of natural stuff on it to represent the elements. So, like, I've got some deer antlers that I use to represent a certain goddess or the earth. You know, a goddess that I actually know stuff about and I'm not questioning. <laughs> My latest reel is an Imolk altar. I used reindeer antlers to represent Breed, the goddess Breed of Imolk, or Brigid, because she's got horns, so it's just like a little, a little nod to her. It's no secret that I love podcasting. It's an absolute joy to create and it's kind of become a way of life for me. Since becoming a podcaster, my internal healing has been huge. And I like my voice and I enjoy creating content and it's nice to know that people actually come here to listen to what I have to say. And when you start to feel good on the inside, you also start to feel good on the outside too. But then beginning a podcast can be a little bit daunting and one of the big decisions you've got to make is choosing which platform to use to distribute your amazing new show which you're dreaming up right now. I chose Zencaster and it provides high quality audio and video podcast production and hosting. Podcasters can seamlessly record, produce and publish. Log in using your browser and start recording high quality podcasts right away and up to 4K video with your guests. Feel a sense of zen knowing Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you will always have your recording in the highest quality even if the connection is poor and unstable. Zencaster's post-production process makes you sound buttery smooth. If you have thought about podcasting before and realise that you need a lot of different tools and services, those days are over. You can create your podcast and distribute to Spotify, Apple Podcasts and all other major platforms. If you are interested in joining me on this amazing podcasting lifestyle, you can go to zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use the official Bellwitch podcast offer code, which is... Bellwitch, B-E-L-L-W-I-T-C-H. You'll get 30% off your first month. That's zencaster.com forward slash pricing code Bellwitch to get 30% off. Find my offer link in the show notes. Being a creator has never been easier. I also used Mother Shipton's Cave wishing well water from Nesborough, which I'm lucky enough to live quite close by to, just to set intention and create a bit of a wish with the water, kind of like blessing the altar with the water, giving thanks and wishing for a, an abundant spring. It's quite a nice little touch, and then I kind of just flick it over what's on the altar. Just a side note, I absolutely love Mother Shipton, and I think she's definitely my favourite historic witch, Probably because she's the most positive witch story I know of. And she's based in Yorkshire, not too far away from where I'm born and bred. I can go there and see the cave, you know, where she was born and stuff. Her story is actually quite amazing. It is something I should totally cover on a future episode. And I've spoken about it to another local witch who just happens to be a school run mum. Becky, talking about you. She's into Mother Shipton too, and we were saying we should totally do an episode together of just 
fangirling Mother Shipton and her cave because I've got a few spooky stories of my own from going with with my psychic mum and she's quite awesomely researched the history of her and stuff so together we could make a pretty dynamite episode methinks. It makes me laugh when I mention stuff on the podcast. It's like writing it in pen in the diary. It's out there now. It's absolutely going to manifest. There's no getting out of it. If I've mentioned it or you on this show, put money on it, you're coming in. (laughs) Ooh, what else? A few jars. When I first became a witch, I decided to make a set of spell jars from each of my first ever altars. I've got a set of eight jars that are all labelled a sabbat and they're all different and each one has got crystals and leaves and, and herbs taken from that very first altar I did. So the idea is you, you'll always have an essence of your, your original altars on your new ones that came from the first year of my witchcraft. And they're quite special to me. Quite proud of myself for thinking of that way back then <laughs> when I started being a witch. I don't know where I got it from. Perhaps I saw it online and thought, oh yeah, I should do that. I'm going to do that. And then I've also got a, an elemental jar that the Wiccan lady made, made from my witchy school. So that is representing of the four elements in just one jar. So it kind of like it saves a bit of room rather than having to place the four elements on your altar. I've got these stones. I think I've got gemstones that have got earth, air, fire, water engraved into them. They're quite good for being out and about, you know, and you can make a a quick altar. But it's not quite as good as using the actual elemental things that are in the world, that are on Earth. I mean, I've always thought it's really easy to represent the elements because they're all around us. You know, your Earth could be a bit of earth, a bit of muck, a bit of grass. It could be flowers, vase flowers, a plant. Your air is usually smoke incense or feathers quite a popular one fire is flame candles water is well water isn't it (laughs) that's probably the easiest one i mean your altar can be as complicated or as simple as you like you could even just have four shot glasses of elements on your altar and that that's perfectly perfectly reasonable to have a simple altar with just four glasses of elementals I quite like that for if you're in a rush and you need to quickly do a spot of magic on an altar, you could do like a really quick four shot glass altar just before you go out or something. So it's quite handy, that one. I see them on Instagram, you know, where people make an elemental altar in their bowl and it's like adding salt and bay leaves and candles and incense and stuff. And yeah, that works awesome and it looks lovely. The problem with me is I do add a lot on to altars. I'm a bit of a more is more witch. I go a bit mad and I've got a huge box of stuff I collect or that I'm gifted just for altar works. I am such a stuff person. I really like stuff and sometimes I get irritated with myself that I'm so materialistic. But it's more than just having the stuff. It's like doing stuff with the stuff appeals to me too. I like to add an oracle card on a little stand, crystals, incense. Also, I like to add a bit of mead on there as an offering. It's kind of like it marks it. When I've completed the altar, I'll add a, a tiny glass of mead. I'll tend to have a tiny little sip as a toast. 
and then I'll leave the rest on the altar as an offering. Salt's good for an offering as well and protection, white salt, basic white salt. Sometimes I use black salt depending on what I'm working with, what I want the altar to do. Pink salt's also a good one. Himalayan salt, I probably use pink the most. It's just a gentler energy. It's more friendlier and it's loving. I really like that actually. I love Himalayan salt work. You could put it on your altar for a little bit and then put it in the bath and bath with it. So it's like you're bathing with your altar, which I also love. The offering for drink doesn't have to be alcohol. I just use mead because that's the witch thing to do. But people use all sorts of stuff, just like water even or squash or orange juice is quite good. Any kind of juices, orange and all that jazz is perfectly acceptable. The only thing I'd probably say isn't acceptable is like cold tea or cold coffee or something. (laughs) Like if you wouldn't drink it yourself, you probably shouldn't put it on your altar because why would the gods drink it? Why would the elements want to sip it if you're not willing to sip it yourself? And then when the altar's finished, I just kind of stand with it for a bit and wonder if anything else pops into my head. And if it doesn't, then I'll light some incense or some sage charge it or cleanse it with smoke i also have these little pixie bells it's like a double bell and i use them to cleanse with sound and they make such a lovely little ding 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 and there's because there's two of them it works really well it's like dual cleaning the little brass bells and they're really good so you can use sound you could clap Oh, your sound bowl's a good one as well to cleanse your altar. You can use a sound bowl. And then once I'm done setting it up, it's nice just to stand with it and just look at it and give thanks and be mindful. You can say a few words either in your head or out loud to ask it or instruct it what you want from this altar, what your goals are or your manifestation. I think personally... If you're alone, you may as well say them out loud because there's magic in words and hearing stuff. But it is completely up to you. If your heart's in it, you can't really go wrong. You really can't. You know, it's up to you. There's no hard, fast rules, really, I don't think. I have an outdoor altar and an indoor altar. My outdoor altar isn't used quite as much because I live in such a stormy area because I'm up on the hill And it's known for being really windy. So at the moment, the garden's a mess. So the stone altar outside doesn't get as much use as it did, which is a bit of a shame. But that used to have mostly gifts from earth on it. And what was quite good about that one is my daughters could get involved with it too. You know, when they're out there making mud pies and finding treasure and making flower perfume with bottles and petals, you know, they would leave me gifts on the altar that they'd created from nature. I absolutely loved it. It was one of those things. They had free reign of it because it went outside and it was quite robust. So I kind of missed that, actually. I might say it up again because this is making me mourn it quite badly when we used to go on forest walks we used to collect pebbles tactile pebbles and bring them home clean them and then i'd draw and paint them which a lot of people did but i'd draw symbols and sigils on them and they would go on the outside altar when the paint rubbed off the spell had been completed and I'd give them back to nature afterwards. 
And it's up to you how long you keep your altar there for. I guess it depends on what you want your altar to do. For a Sabbath, I tend not to... I try not to leave it up for longer than a week for a Sabbath just because of stagnant energies. You know, it's Sabbaths are so quickly moving, I believe. I mean, you could. It's up to you. I take mine down after a week. For crystal grids, they say it should be 30 days, which I've read in a few books. And I don't know where that has come from, but I tend to try and follow that rule. But I had, that's why I had to buy another crystal grid, because I had a crystal grid, a wooden one that I used for my Reiki practice up at the shop. I kept having to dismantle it and remantle it and dismantle it. So I had to buy another one. That's my excuse anyway. So that's why I bought the slate one. So I've got a working one and a home one now. So hopefully I can leave it up a bit longer. <laughs> then take it up and bring it down, take it up. But it is a nice thing to do. I absolutely adore doing altars just to stand there and create them and make them look beautiful. I've also got a little mini one. I've got an altar in a tin that I take out to people's houses with me or camping and I set up the altar when I'm out. So it's literally just a small tobacco tin with some tiny little bottles of herbs in it, a crystal, and then it's got a tiny little atom and a tiny little cauldron and a tiny little pentacle and a little two little pebbles with the goddess and the god painted on them and then like a little rug. <laughs> oh, it's so cute. And a little candle. I think I got it from Etsy. After. There's a lot on Etsy if you wanted to get yourself a little travel altar or you could even make your own. Making your own is probably a bit more powerful. You'll add more magic to it then. So what do I do at the altar? I stand there. I do chanting. I do magic. I create sigils and then if it's for a client I will put my sigil on my altar and leave it there for a week asking for added magic and added energies and stuff. I talk to the elements at the altar. About a month ago one of my friends requested that I did some magic to help her elderly grandma cross over peacefully and I created a sigil and then I put all that on the altar. What was beautiful about it was I was actually going on holiday when this was made. And so I put some fresh flowers on the altar, which was her grandma's favourite. And all the spell items I'd created, I put them on the altar. And then I left the house to go on holiday, which made it so special. Because it was like that altar really was just for her grandma as she passed away. Bless her. Nobody could see it, you know, I wasn't in the house. The flowers were for her, the sigil was for her. And then when I came home, I were able to pack it all up and send the spell stuff to my friend who had asked for the for the magic. And her grandma had a really beautiful, calm passing with poetry and a little bit of witchcraft. And it was actually really beautiful. And I do believe some of that was because of this altar that was set up and left undisturbed it's just beautiful and that's why I love magic I love magic so much an altar can be anything really it's just a place for you to dedicate time and energy to your magic some people have a tiny little shoe box that they get out when nobody's around because you know nobody knows they're a witch the fact that you've done it and the ritual of creating it is still as powerful as the ritual of creating one that stays there all month. It is about the method of doing it. And the mindful moments you're giving this 
ritual that you're partaking in setting up your altar because it's under the sympathetic magic umbrella where things, items represent an outcome or an element or something you desire. That is why we do altars to represent certain aspects of magic witchcraft. This room I'm currently designing and decorating, although it is snail's pace at the moment with kids and work and stuff, I think it's going to be an altar room. I think the whole room is going to become an altar in there where I can disappear to and do a bit of podcasting, but also it'll just be my space. So it's kind of like the whole room will be the altar, which I just, I'm so excited about. It's just getting it together is taking ages. So I think that's all to say, really. I love altars and I'd love to see your altar and have a nosy as to what you actually keep on there and uh, where it is and how you do yours. I am so interested. So if you want to uh, DM me, then please do because I'm a right nosy witch. People put all kinds of really cool stuff on the altar and they are so aesthetically pleasing and I often find myself Instagramming or Pinteresting witches altar indoor and outdoor just for inspiration more than anything. I keep my wands on the altar, but that's mostly just so I know where it is when I need it. But in truth, I think you can't really do it wrong if you've got good intentions and an open heart and something you want to achieve from creating it. If you've got no time, don't rush it, do it another time. Or maybe settle for a diddy one or a simple four-shot glass altar. Give it all your love and it'll work the best it can for you. Some people say to me, well, do you need an altar to be a witch? And I kind of think, well, I think you do. It doesn't matter what it's like, as long as you have a place, just a tiny place, doesn't have to be bells and whistles. And if it's only temporary, that's okay too. But I definitely think an altar is so valuable in witchcraft. And ultimately, it'll benefit your magic and also your mental health. You have been listening to the Bell Witch Podcast, Witching in the 21st Century, written and produced by me, Swales, a friendly green witch. Official podcast photographer is Beverly Thornton. Music by Jeff Harvey of Pixabay, made on Wavepad Master and distributed via Zencaster. Want to come and guest on the show or got a topic you'd like me to cover? Email me at thebellwitchpodcast at yahoo.com. If you're enjoying the show, please leave me a review. Thank you for listening and stay magical, witches!